0: The following is a hoop Bowl presentation. Come on, come all, and welcome to the Hoop Bowl DFS Today podcast. I'm Mike Patria. I am your host. It's Wednesday, November seventeenth. We have a jam-packed slate to talk about here. I'm riding solo for this card. And jam-packed is is an understatement. 11 games on our docket. So I'm going to jump right into things. It's going to be a good show. We have a lot of this news, a lot of things that we could talk about. I think I have a, I want to say a different approach to the slate, but we'll get into that. Before we jump in, it, quick shout out. To our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, check out Manscaped.com, the number one male grooming site. And listen, it's gift-giving season. It's right around the corner. The holidays are approaching. Jump on there. Use that promo code, HoopBall20, and you can get yourself 20% off plus free shipping on any and all products. I always recommend that perfect package kit. Get a little bit of everything. Set right to your door. Whether you want the lawnmower, the ear, hair, and nose trimmer, they have it. They have all of the, the down-under goodies you need. And if you use promo code HOOPBALL20, you get 20% off plus free shipping. So like I said, we have most of this news available to us. Barely any teams on back-to-backs, a couple, but we'll talk about that when we get there. First game of the night, we have the Washington Wizards traveling to Charlotte, taking on the Hornets. For the Wizards, Davis Bertans, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, all out. Bradley Beal back as we saw in that last one, and then Gordon Hayward is probable. PJ Washington returned to practice, but he is still out. Has to get back into a couple a couple practices, get back into the conditioning form, which we're seeing a little bit more this season. A lot of people sitting out for conditioning, mostly that most of the time that's COVID. But nice high game total in this one, two twenty two and a half. Charlotte being favored by two and a half, so. This is definitely going to be an interesting game. Uh, To be honest, we'll start off with the Wizards. Not a whole lot of interest for me on this Wizards side of the ball. A lot of these guys are still priced up due to Bradley Beal being out. Now, listen, if you want to play Bradley Beal, um, I support it. And I'm not my high-priced stud I'm going to be looking at. 98 is a fair price tag. Charlotte's one of the worst teams uh, when it comes to giving up opposing three-pointers. Bradley Beal, as we know, can pour those on pretty quickly. I see this being a high-scoring effort for Beal. As long as he's shooting well from the field, he'll probably be looking at 30 plus, in my opinion, in this one. So I do fully support Bradley Beal. There's a couple other guys I'd rather spend up on, uh, but I wouldn't fault you there. Another guy that we could look at would be Harrell. But again, these price tags are still a little inflated. So I'm probably not going to be looking at a whole lot on the Washington side of the ball. As much as I like this game, I just don't love the price tags. On the other side of the ball, Lamella Ball coming in at 10-7. So now we're paying for him. Uh, there's again, I like the matchup. I like the, I like the spot. I just don't like the price tag. So I don't see myself having a lot of the mellow. If you like him, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Just don't see myself going there. If anything, I think I might go to a little, maybe a a little Terry Rozier at 6,300. He's been playing well. It's a great matchup for him. We haven't been seeing the return on 6,300 over the past three games. But we know that he has that 35 to 40 point upside built into there, and this is the matchup that he could easily unlock it. So, wouldn't fault you if we wanted to look at a little bit of Terry Rozier. And then the only other guy I have any interest in would be Miles Bridges, but we're paying a premium for him 8,100, but he pretty much had a floor of 35, upside of 50, and he's in play. Not my favorite play again, but certainly in play. And maybe a little Kelly Oubre revenge at 46. I think there's better value. But, again, he's uh, more more or less a GPP only play. Can't trust him in cash. We've seen that floor plenty of times. And the floor is 15. It's pretty low. On to the next game, Indiana Pacers traveling to Detroit, taking on the Pistons. Saban League still tearing up the G League. Kelly Olenek has been ruled out. And for the Pacers, Chris Duarte is questionable. We're going to have to keep an eye on him. We saw Justin Holiday draw the start for him in the last one. And then T.J. Warren will remain out as though uh, I think he's actually getting closer. It's not going to be for a little while, but he's getting a little closer. Start off with the pist- or the Pacers. Excuse me. Always start with the away team. These guys are all at fair price tags. Um, really don't mind any of them in this matchup. It's got a six-point spread being favored to in Indiana. So we can, it'll be close enough where we can get the most of the juice that we need to out of these guys. Two eleven and a half game total. I don't mind looking at some of these guys when it comes to the minus-bonus. 9,200. I think that's a fair price tag for him, right where it should be. It's a fine matchup. Grant's a solid defender, but it's going to be a mismatch for him. So, again, would it surprise me if Sabonis has a big game in this one? No. Do I have a ton of ownership in him when it's all said and done? Probably not. Brogdon at 84, I prefer to probably play him for the $800 discount as opposed to uh, playing Sabonis. It's just Brogdon is routinely putting out High-minute games, and I don't know if Carlisle learned his lesson or not. Last time he started playing him at these 37 and higher minutes, uh, an injury came. But he's almost been like a potential triple-double on any given night. I mean, he's just been playing absolutely fantastic. He's averaging 45 DK points this season. I have no issues looking at Brogdon. I think he's in a great spot right here. So probably my favorite option if I'm looking at any of these guys. You can look at Holiday if you want as a value play. But it, you're really it's lightning in a bottle for him. The floor is supremely low. The ceiling is probably about thirty to thirty-three DK points. And we probably only get one of those ceiling games if he's playing thirty plus minutes once out of every four or five games. So not a real confident guy, but if you land on him, you have no other value available that you're looking at, sure. Why not? That's probably all I'm really looking at. It's probably just gonna be Brogdon. I mean, Levert, it's there for him, but we've yet to see that ceiling game since he come back. And Brogdon's really just absorbing all those ancillary stats. So Probably the only guy I'm uh, really looking at on the Pacers. On the other side of the ball, looking at this Detroit Pistons team, Isaiah Stewart has been a guy I've been playing comfortably for the past few nights at 5200. The price tag starting to increase ever so slightly. It seems like we can't get a, a combination of the high rebounds and then the high scoring in the same game. It was eight rebounds or eight points and 15 rebounds and then 20 points and then four rebounds. If we can put these together, we'll be looking at a 40 point you know ceiling, 50 point ceiling for Isaiah Stewart. He's fully capable of it. Does he stay out of foul trouble? Well, he he did in that last one against Sacramento. Game got out of hand, only played 27 minutes. If he can stay out of foul trouble, it's there. You can't trust him in your cash games at this price tag. In your tournaments, he's still very viable. I feel like this could be a game where he does find himself in foul trouble, though. So I might be edging a little bit away from him, especially on an 11-game slate with so many options. It's not my premier option or premier play. And then Cade Cunningham, I think, is the other guy that we want to look at. I, I talked about it. He's in perfect form at this point all those you know i'm a rookie jitters are gone 6100 is a fair price tag i like him because of the shooting guard eligibility and that's probably the only place i'd play him i think there's plenty of other point guards that we want to look at he's not a must play but again a guy that i feel comfortable playing i feel like even if the game gets out of hand he's still going to get good run and at 6100 we've seen 50 point upside from him so it's a good price tag. I think at, at some point he's going to be around 6,800. I feel like that's where they'll probably cap him on D.K. Because he's going to have those down games. He's going to you know have to bounce back from down games and have those 25 pointers. And even at 25 at 6,100, it's not what we're looking for, but it won't kill you either. On to the next game, 730 Eastern Standard Time game. Boston Celtics traveling to Atlanta, taking on the Hawks for the Hawks. DeAndre Hunter, we know, is ruled out. He's going to be out the next eight weeks or so. Jaka Okungwu still recovering from his shoulder surgery. And then Kevin Weider and Bogdan Bogdanovich are both questionable for the Celtics. Jalen Brown has been ruled out. And then Robert Williams is questionable. So a lot of news that we're going to have to monitor for this game. It should be a nice little back and forth game. We're uh, expecting it to be fairly competitive. We do not have a game line. Oh, I'm, not, I'm sorry. We do have a game line. 214 and a half. Atlanta being favored by three and a half. and a half. So expected to be fairly, fairly close. Looking at the Celtics team, Tatum coming in at 10-2 with no Jalen Brown. Absolutely good with it. Uh, I'm a big fan of playing Tatum when Jalen Brown has been out. We've been getting down shooting totals over the past few games. Nonetheless, he's put up at least 46 DK points in two out of the past three games. And one of those games, he shot 35%. So we know the ceiling for Tatum with with no Jalen Brown is 50, 60 points pretty easily. I actually love him in this matchup. Tatum's probably one of my favorite high-priced guys to spend up on. There we go. Get that out of the way. Other options, if there is no Robert Williams, I think Al Horford becomes an absolutely fantastic play. For a while, we were seeing the the Al Horford ceiling fade away. I mean, this dude was routinely putting up 40 points in and out for the first five or six games of the season. Started to slow down a little bit, but narrative involved in this one, going back to Atlanta, a team that he pretty much made a name for himself playing with. And then on top of it, if there's no Robert Williams, he'll be seeing all the primary center minutes. with probably just Canner backing him up. If you're telling me I'm getting 30 to 35 minutes out of Al Horford, starting at the center position in this matchup, 7,500 is not the the most enticing price tag, but someone I definitely like. Uh, Outside of those two guys, we know that we could look at Dennis Schroeder, who's been absolutely phenomenal in the absence of Jalen Brown picking up that scoring load. Marcus Smart, I think, is a very comfortable price tag at 53. I prefer Smart in this matchup slightly over Schroeder. But it's also a narrative for Schroeder, just like Horford. Schroeder made a name for himself playing with Atlanta. So, uh, if you want to play the narrative and you have the sixty-five hundred to spend, sure, go to Schroeder. Um, but Smart is very, very much in play. I think I like a lot of these Celtics guys. I'll probably have at least one of them in every single lineup that I do because this game should be a pretty close and competitive one. On the other side of the ball, Clint Capella coming in at seventy-two hundred is my favorite play on this side. It's you know you're looking at Horford, looking at Capella. They're only three hundred dollars apart. Horford gives you that power forward eligibility, which is a little nicer. But now we're talking four straight games of Capella playing at least 32 minutes. That's the biggest concern for him. All those games, he's had at least 12 rebounds. So he's got a comfortable floor at around that 35-point range, which is almost paying off that 7,200 alone. And he has that 40 to actually 50-point upside pretty easily. If he can get get those putbacks, which I fully expect him to do, especially knowing that Robert Williams might be out. The paint might be a little bit more soft, I guess you could say. Outside of those, uh, outside of Capella, I don't think I'll have a ton of John Collins. I just prefer uh, Capella slightly over him. And if there's no Robert Williams, I just prefer to play um, Al Horford over him for only $200 more. He's in play, just not my favorite. Trey Young, coming off of a few great games, had a 72-point game going against Milwaukee. I think I still prefer Tatum over him, another guy that we'll get to, so... I'm not going to fault you if you want to play Trey Young. Kind of the same thing I said with Bradley Beal. Just not a guy that I'm probably going to see myself having a ton of shares of. And then we want to look at who's going to take advantage of Kevin Wearder or Bogdan Bogdanovich sits. If one of them sits, I think Cam Reddish is an absolutely great value play. 3,400 coming into this. It's going to be chalky if one of those guys sits. Don't get me wrong. But we've seen that upside time and time again. We know what his floor is. It's about 15, 16 DK points, but this doesn't feel like a floor matchup. Feels like it might be, a, look at about 20 to 25 points out of a guy that's 3,400. Small forward eligibility and shooting guard eligibility. Sign me up. And then I also want to keep an eye on Danilo Gallinari, who's now had back-to-back games with at least 26 minutes. At 3,500, there's worse things you could do. If we see that Werder and Bogdanovich are out, I'd have more interest in them. If one of them sits, I'd probably just lean to Reddish. Moving on to the fourth game. Cleveland traveling to Brooklyn, taking on the Nets. Nets in the second half of a back-to-back, so we do not have their injury report as of right now. We've got to keep an eye on that, especially knowing that uh, they got a, they had a few guys banged up. Uh, we know Joe Harris missed tonight's game, missed the past two games, I believe, actually. And then we know that Aldridge really didn't check in until third quarter, which is a little unlike them. So I think they wanted to rest him, but they saw that they were kind of just getting beat down low, decided to play him. So maybe they sit him on the back end of the back-to-back. Uh, Millsap, Claxton, both those guys sat as well. So we got to keep an eye on that. But for Cleveland, a lot of people out here too. Jared Allen, Laurie and Evan Mobley, who we just uh, heard is going to be out the next two to four weeks. Colin Sexton remains out with that sprained MCL. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, torn MCL. So a lot more significant times can be missed with that. And then Kevin Love is probable. So Kevin Love looks like he may make his way back and couldn't have came any sooner because Cleveland is going to pretty much be out. Of all their centers outside of taco fall and ed davis who's been a dnpcd pretty much every game this year and that's one thing i want to look at i mean we're talking about a guy in in kevin love who is pretty much priced fairly at 53 we wouldn't want to play him at the minutes that he was playing which is mid-20s but if he's going to play 30 plus minutes and start the center position against brooklyn he's absolutely in play at 5300 now there's one thing that we want to see is what kind of restrictions is he going to be under? The guy hasn't played in like two weeks. If if you know if they're going to slow him back in or ease him back in, it's, it's going to be a little bit more cautious approach. Maybe throw him in my GPPs. If we hear that he has no restrictions, you can lock and load him. At 5,300 in this matchup, absolutely lock and load him. I'm good with it. We should see Rubio draw another start with all these guys injured. We saw it in the last one. And took 20 shot attempts. Now we're talking two straight games of at least 17 shot attempts. Put up 39 DK points in this matchup. 6,500. Absolutely. Sign me up. I'm good with Rubio. Uh, Garland becomes the Rubio pivot play. I prefer Rubio just because I think he has more of that assist upside, more of the rebounding upside. Garland can certainly score more. But if these guys are going to be taking the same amount of shot attempts, give me the guy that has, uh, I guess, the ancillary stat floor that's a little bit higher. So a lot to like on this Cleveland side of the ball. We're going to be looking at Rubio. Uh, we could one off Garland. And then there's one other guy that we could talk about, and it's going to be uh, C.D. Osman. He's 4K. He's playing pretty significant minutes, at least 29 minutes in four out of the past five games. Not the highest of, of fours. It's usually right around that 20-minute mark if he's playing, or 20-point mark if he's playing at least 30 minutes. But... We saw in that last game against Boston, came out there 10 to 17 shooting, 6 to 12 from deep, put up 26 points for 43 DK points. He has a comfortable ceiling as well. So he's a value play if you need it. He's not that immediate chalk. I don't want to load up on Cleveland guys necessarily on an 11-game slate. Never feels good. But maybe you just don't want to spend up on Rubio and you want to get some exposure to this game. We don't have the word on Kevin Love just yet. Uh, he's certainly in play. But for the most part, it would be Kevin Love with no restrictions and Rubio for me. Onto the Brooklyn side of the ball and the back-to-back. Not a lot of interest in any of these guys for me. Just wholeheartedly honest. Kevin Durant, we came out and found out that he's uh, he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue. It's a back-to-back game. If he happens to sit for some reason because of that shoulder injury, uh, then I'd have a ton of interest in James Harden, obviously. At 11-3, the world would be his oyster at that point with with no, with no Kevin Durant. Uh, outside of that, I'm not playing. If these both these guys play, I probably won't have exposure to either one of them. And then we got to keep an eye on Bruce Brown and Patty Mills. With Joe Harris out, both these guys are playing a little bit more minutes. They step up and become some good value plays. Don't mind either one of them. Uh, Bruce Brown had himself a night tonight. Might be Patty Mills' night tomorrow. Either way, Bruce Brown offers a little bit more upside, or actually I would say a safer floor, just because he contributes in steals, rebounds, won't get a ton of assists. Uh, but Patty Mills are really re- uh, relying on that three-point shot. On to fifth game. Another 7:30 Eastern Standard Time game. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Miami, taking on the Heat. Another game with a ton of injury news that we're gonna have to keep an eye on. Bam, Jimmy, Dwayne Dedmon, all questionable. Marcus Garrett is questionable as well. Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo out. Uh, everybody pretty much good to go for the Pelicans outside of Zion, but we've had that news for quite some time, so we don't really need to we don't really need to worry about that. And I forgot to mention Brooklyn favored by 11 in that Cleveland game. 208 game total. Uh, for this heat game, no game total, no spread yet. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. We're not going to get that with all these guys being out and injured, not paying 9,500 for Jonas. No, thank you. A lot of guys that we can spend up on. He's not going to be one of them for me. And I'm not paying 8,600 for Ingram either. Uh, Ingram's comfortably always providing us that like 38 to 43 points, 8,600. If you're playing GPPs, you're going to want more than that. You're looking for 50 from them. I don't want to challenge Miami with them at 8,600. Not a lot of interest in any of these guys, primarily for me. It, the only one guy I could see as a one-off would be Nikhil Alexander-Walker, not my cash games. It would only be my GPPs. But even then, I think we could do better at that price tag. On to the Miami side of things, it's really going to be depending on who plays and who doesn't play. Uh, it, it's what it comes down to. I think if you – Tyler Hero at 7500 big price increase with Jimmy Butler being out over the past. He's put up back-to-back 40 DK point games. You could certainly look at him. Uh, I have no issues paying that price tag if there's no Jimmy. Same thing with Kyle Lowry. If there's no Jimmy, shot attempts will probably increase ever so slightly. But I prefer Hero over him in a nutshell. If Bam sits and Deadman plays, we can look at Deadman at 4K. If they both sit, well, that's where things get a little tricky. P.J. Tucker might even just slide over. It's going to be a tough matchup for these guys in general. Uh, But P.J. Tucker's been playing well. So I, I wouldn't mind taking stabs at him. I don't think that they're going to run out a ton of like Udonis Haslam. Uh, maybe they activate your seven. Uh, if we see your seven playing minutes, which he, he's, he's in the roster. He's in the rotation, uh, but he's been playing single digit minutes since the start of the season. If all of a sudden this, if he starts at three K lock and load him. I'm good to go. This dude is a great point per minute guy. We saw it during the summer league and during the preseason, he can easily go out there at three K and put up 30 DK points pretty comfortably if he's the only available center. So, I think Bam will play is my anticipation, but something worth keeping an eye on and just having a, a plan ready to attack if he does sit. On to the fourth 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Orlando Magic traveling to New York, taking on the Knicks. This game is going to have a decent amount of value in it. Newlands DeWell Noel ruled out for. Magic, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, all rolled out. Jalen Suggs questionable after missing that last game. It's going to be a little bit of an ugly game, but there's definitely going to be some plays. 209 game total. Knicks favored by a whopping 11 points. So I think Orlando can keep it closely competitive enough. Where if I'm a betting man, I would probably, uh, I'd probably take Orlando getting those 11. But these guys are priced right. Wendell Carter Jr. Coming in at 67. I've been playing a lot of Wendell Carter Jr. this season. It's a fair price tag for him. It's not the best of matchups. He's in play for me, but not one of my top plays or anything like that. Cole Anthony at 79. Two games against the Knicks this season, he's averaging 45.5 DK points. So I absolutely think he's in play. Uh, 7,900, though. I think we have some better value at that position. Like I think I still prefer Rubio over him for $1,500 less. uh, Or $1,400 less, that is. So... I'm not going to cross him off, but again, I think that there's some better plays out there. And then Mo Bamba, the other guy that we normally look at, at 6,700. I prefer Wendell Carter Jr. over him. And Wendell Carter Jr. also has that power forward eligibility as well. So probably the way I'm looking is just going to be Wendell Carter Jr. in some lineups. Not playing Gary Harris. I think we have better value. I think I prefer Reddish over him if those other guys sit. Um, Gary just has physically lost it ever since he came to Orlando. Just not getting the games that we want out of him. On to the Knicks side of the ball, not paying that price tag for Randall, although he is averaging almost 60 DK points in this matchup. I think I prefer Tatum, prefer somebody else that we'll get to later. Expensive price tag, he should absolutely cook in here. One guy I do have uh, consideration for would be Kemba Walker. the game gets out of hand, though, it's one thing you have to worry about. He'll be the first person to sit. but The shot's been falling for him over the past two games. Um, If the minutes are there, he'll pay off this price tag. He's nothing more than a GPP play. We can't really trust him as much in cash. And that's probably about it for me. I'm not playing R.J. Barrett. I'm not playing Fournier. It would probably only be Randall and Walker that I keep into uh, keep in my player pool. With no Noel, you could definitely take a look at Mitch Robb. I think the $3,800 value plays is, is it's rock solid. Center positions is generally crowded on these big slates. But $3,800 is a cheap price tag. He, no Noel averaging 30 minutes against his team. So he manages to stay out of foul trouble, I guess. He fouled, I think he fouled out of one of them. Uh, but he's also averaging about 26 DK points. So keep him in your player pool. If you need somebody at 3,800 at your utility spot, there's worse options you can uh, you can choose from. Five games left. L.A. Lakers traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks. We obviously know that this is going to be a fairly fun matchup to watch in real-life basketball terms. Uh, for the Lakers, Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, all ruled out Anthony Davis is probable. For the Bucs, Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, both rolled out. George Hill's probable. Chris Middleton's probable. This is normally a spot I would absolutely love, love, love to play some some of these high-priced guys. But I don't know about tonight. Just don't know about it. You're paying a premium. Um, If anything, I might go Westbrook over Davis, which I don't even feel comfortable saying it. Davis followed out of that last one. Was very timid in the first half with shot attempts. I think he only had like four shot attempts in the first half, which is just absolutely absurd. Uh, but if you want to attack the Bucks, it's generally from the three point line. I don't trust Russell Westbrook's three point shot, but I trust all the ancillary stats that we're normally getting from him. 11K. I still think I prefer Tatum, and I prefer the other guy that we'll get to. I'm trying to keep the cat in the bag. Only a game away, though. We'll get there. So I'm not really paying up for those two guys. Taylen Horton Tucker went from 3K to 48. Hope you cashed in on those first two games when he was almost minimum salary because those days are done. Still at 48. I think I, I think we could trust him. He's going to be one of their primary scorers. Uh, played 37 minutes in the last one. Not expecting another 42-point DK night, but he's in play at 48. Has about a 22 to 25-point floor is what I'm feeling from him on most nights. Probably the only guy I'm really looking at on this uh, Lakers side of the ball, and I want to play Giannis. At 12-5, it's too expensive, though. Chris Middleton is back. He can easily pay off that 12-5 salary. Don't get me wrong. Uh, just not playing him at that price tag. I think it's going to be a hindrance on your lineup while we have some value available. I just don't trust uh, the, the ceilings of all those value plays that we have available. So not playing him, especially with Middleton back. Holiday's priced up. Not playing Middleton at 8K. Don't know what kind of minutes we can expect from him after being out for so long. If you want to take stabs at at Holiday, don't mind it at 73. You started to look a little bit more comfortable over the past few games. 36 DK points in that last one against Atlanta. Put up 50 against Boston. 7,300. Sure, why not? Again, I think we have a couple better value plays or better plays in general. I prefer. And then Bobby Portis all the way priced up to 6,900. He should continue to get most of the center minutes run. Should see 30 plus minutes, but I'm not paying 6,900 for Bobby Portis. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Sacramento traveling to Minnesota, taking on the Timberwolves. Injury report for this game. Josh Kogi Nas Reed, both questionable. For the Kings, they are good to go. Looking at the Kings, I like this matchup. Um, I like this game total. I like this matchup. I like everything about it. 224 game total. Minnesota favored by two points. So a lot of interesting things I think are going to happen in this game. I think it's going to be one of the most fantasy-friendly games of the night. I like all these price tags as well. Rashawn Holmes, six thousand seven hundred, certainly in play. I always talk about targeting centers going against Carl Anthony Towns. Sign me up. I'm good with it. Darren Fox, eighty-three hundred. I love the price tag. I like the matchup. I think it's it's okay. I think we have better cash plays, more secure plays. He's in play for tournaments. Uh, if anything, I think I'd rather go to Halliburton at fifty-nine hundred. I just think that, that the price discrepancy on Halliburton right now, he should probably be closer to 65, coming off of a 41-point DK game. In fact, two out of the past five games, he's put up at least 40. He's never put up anything less than 27, 28 in, those, in that span. 5,900 is a great price tag for him. Has that shooting guard eligibility. Don't mind him whatsoever. Probably the three guys I'm going to be looking at the most out of anybody would be Fox, Halliburton, Holmes. I'm not a big Barnes player. He's starting to come back down to earth over the past week or so, so I'll probably leave him be. Wouldn't shock me if he had a good one, though. This game's gonna be loaded with fancy value. But Holmes and Halliburton, probably the two top players on this team. Fox coming in third. Carly Anthony Towns, 10-4 on the other side of the ball. Absolutely love him. He's that other guy. Hint, hint. That's what I was getting at. Uh, centers have been torching the Kings. Sign me up. 10-4. Love this matchup for him. Don't mind that price tag. I think him and Tatum will probably be my two top spend-ups on this slate. And for good reason. Looking at some other options here. Anthony Edwards at 81, just like I have centers been torching. Uh, I Shooting guards are always something I look at. So wouldn't fault you if you want to look at Edwards. I think I'm going to have more towns than him overall. 81 is a fair price tag for him. Wouldn't shock me if we're looking at a 45 burger from him. Only two guys I'm really looking at on this team. If you wanted to play Beverly for some value, I wouldn't fault you there. At 42, we have some other guards down there that we've already talked about who will probably be uh, have higher upside, what I would say. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Houston Rockets traveling to OKC to take on the Thunder. This is going to be a battle of the bad teams, but could be fairly well for fantasy. Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable. Everybody's good to go for Thunder. 2 12 and a half game total. OKC favored by 3.5 points. Probably one of the only teams they could be favored against. Christian Wood coming in at 7700 It's a depressed salary for him. Games should stay close, so the minutes should be there for him. We saw down minutes over the past two games against Memphis and Phoenix, but those games got out of hand pretty quickly. Uh, a lot of centers we could choose from, no doubt about it. So, 77, I wouldn't fault you if we didn't want to play him. I think Horford very much in play. We talked about Capella. I think I prefer both those guys over him, but maybe you're getting a little game stack and you want to get some action in here. wouldn't fault you if that was the case. If Kevin Porter Jr. plays at 5,800, I think he's very, very much play. This feels like a Kevin Porter-type matchup. I think we're looking at 35 to 40 DK points out of him at 5,800. I think that's a great price tag. But we have to keep an eye on it. It's his thigh. It was a contusion. He's been dealing with it for a little while, and he's been playing through it for the most part. So keep your eye on it. I expect this game to stay close. And if it does, I think he's going to be good to go. And then Jalen Green, the only other guy that we could consider at 4,800, will probably take a pass. It's really just wood in kind of game stack scenarios and Kevin Porter Jr. that I really have my eye on. On the other side of the ball, Josh Giddy coming in at 6,200. Giddy is giddying up. Uh, this is a good matchup for him. Up pace, Houston playing at one of the fastest paces in the NBA. Should leave plenty of assist opportunities, plenty of rebounding opportunities. Their defense has been a completely atrocious. So although he hasn't shot above 37% over the past five games, he's still routinely putting out. You know, anywhere between 30 and 35 and 25 DK points. So averaging about 30, which makes it a comfortable price tag to pay at 6200. If he's ever going to get that 40 mark, it's going to be in this game. Outside of him, I think you can look at guys like Dort, no problem, but nothing more than GPP stabs. Shea, 87, should crush this matchup. Don't get me wrong, just not paying 87 for him. The only guy I really have interest in would be Diddy when it's all said and done. If Derek Favors is somehow rolled out, keep an eye on it. You can look at Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but I think we have better value available already. Weird, it should be a very fantasy-friendly game. I only like a couple guys in it. Two games left. Dallas Mavericks traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns. Suns, no injury report yet. Mavericks, Luka Doncic has been ruled out. Left ankle sprain. We already heard that he's probably going to miss a few games. Maxi Kleber ruled out as well. As far as a game total and a spread, we don't have one. So we're going to have to wait and see what that looks like. Obviously, no Doncic, A lot of trickle-down usage goes all over the place. It's not the best matchup trying to challenge the Phoenix. Do they have enough in the tank to keep this game close? That's, that's a question I have as a Mavs fan. Um, if we knew that they could keep it close, or if you have the, the I guess, the intuition uh Porzingis is obviously going to be a leading shot taker i think brunson's going to draw the start and be an absolutely fantastic play at 57 Look at both. you can look at both those guys tim hardaway will get his shot attempts those are the only three guys i consider onto the phoenix side of the ball no thank you only guy i would look at would be deandre Ayton at 6200 just because centers absolutely smashed the mavericks played well in his first game back put up 22 and 12 32 minutes no issues looking at DeAndre. He looks like he's back to his normal self at 6200 That's a great price tag. Uh, in fact, it's the lowest price he's been all season. And there's no reason for him to be low. If we saw that he played that, minute, that many minutes when he came back, we should not have to worry about him. So absolutely love DeAndre. Told you probably the reason why I don't get the wood is because there's three great center plays. Uh, we could play Horford at power forward, which is great. And then we have Aiton, and we talked about Capella. I think all those guys are very, very much in play. Last and final game of the night, we have the Chicago Bulls traveling to Portland, taking on the Blazers. No injury report for either team in this one. And then we have a 222 game total, Portland being favored by two and a half points. Got my big game out of DeRozan. Always keep that narrative in your back pocket whenever he's playing in L.A. Tends to show out. 8,900 now. One of the... Front runners, I wouldn't say front runners, but he's in the MVP conversation. Back-to-back 50 DK point games, 8900 Solid matchup for him. Don't think I'll get to that price tag, though. Uh, honestly, I don't like a whole lot. I know We know that Alex Caruso, I think he's probable, but he's dealing with left wrist soreness. Banged wrist. Kobe White is back, but we're not playing Kobe White at 5700 I really don't have a ton of interest. I want to have more. It's a late-game hammer. I'd love to have it um the center position we've seen it being a kind of just chopped up between tony bradley and uh uh, alizé johnson but it's more of a bradley matchup in this one at 3300 he's in play we didn't get any good games out of him but 24 and 27 minutes over the last two he's going to be due for one of those 30 dk point games it's going to happen don't get me wrong so uh is this the one i've had a crystal ball i wish i did I don't mind taking stabs at him though. At 3,300, maybe don't play him if you're, unless you're building multiple lineups or GPPs, but he's certainly in play. Lillard played in that last one, was questionable coming into it due to the abdominal strain. Ended up playing 40 minutes, so I expect him to play in this one. At 9,300, certainly in play. I still think I'd rather spend up on a few other guys, but 9,300, that's like a discount on Lillard. But with dealing with the abdominal injury, I'll probably take a pass. We're going to have to keep an eye on Norman Powell. Uh it's questionable. Coming in, if he sits, Nazir Little becomes uh, a great value play at 3,700, who's been absolutely just playing phenomenal uh, all season, has really stepped up this season. So Little, don't mind. I don't think I'll end up with any McCollum. I don't think I'll be playing too much Covington either. Just hasn't been uh, – Covington's a midseason guy. Easiest way to say it. He always struggles early on. By midseason, he gets back into form. So you can definitely take a look at him. And then – I want to keep an eye on Larry Nance, whose minutes are now starting to creep up over the 20 mark a few games in a row now. Probably not the right matchup for him, but keep an eye on it for future reference. It's really just going to be nasty or little for me. And then I I want to say Nurkic is in play, but I prefer 8 and over him for $200 less. And that's it. That brings us home. That is the entire slate. Now, from a player tier segment, expensive tier, we'll start off right. Carly Anthony Towns coming at 10-4. That's the guy I want to spend up on. A lot of centers to choose from, but if you're spending up on the center position, he's certainly viable. Tatum's the other option. The caveat, I usually give two when I'm by myself on these solo slates. He's the other priced-up guy I would spend on. Now, mid-tier, talked about a few guys here. Uh, A lot of it's going to be injury-related or injury news, but Ricky Rubio at 65, certainly in play. He'll be fairly chalky. A lot of people are going to have him. Uh, especially with all these injuries going on. The Brooklyn team on the second half of the back-to-back, I think this game stays closer than most people will anticipate. So I got some interest in Mr. Ricky Rubio at 6,500. Now looking at this other spot, there's two options. i talked about them both. Actually, three options. They all, they're all they all center eligible. Um, We'll touch on them all. I, I want to play. I like eight. at 62 going against my Mavs. I think that's a great matchup. Little concern of how close that game stays without Luca, but if it stays intact, he's going to pay that price tag off pretty easily. But I do like Capella, 7,200, going against Boston. Robert Williams is questionable. If he sits, it's even better for him. Playing uh, 30-plus minutes over the past four games. I don't mind looking at Capella in this matchup. I think this is a good spot for him. And then for the value, a lot of this value play was uh, we're going to have to wait and see on, unfortunately. So I'll throw out a couple caveats. A uh, couple of guys that we could look at. I think Taylor Horton Tucker's in play no matter what at 48, but I think that we want to keep an eye on Cam Reddish. If some of those guys sit over there, we know Hunter's out. Bogdanovich questionable. Wared questionable. Keep an eye on that situation. If one or two of those guys happens to sit, certainly in play. Um, C.D. Osmond, 4K. I think he's in play without any news being viable. Just no matter what, we know what we can count on him as a decent value play. And then I didn't mention him earlier, but – Metu, 3800 played 30 minutes in that last one that's all we needed to see if he's gonna be playing 30 minutes certainly in play he's probably gonna be one of the chalkier value plays i, I should have touched on him so hopefully you did you didn't stop listening too early um but Metu at 38 he's in play no matter what he's gonna continue to start continue to play minutes if there's no norman Powell, Nazir or little is in play so there we go just running running out throwing out the value all around we got some options you might be able to get two studs in here and still feel pretty good about your lineup I think it's more of a one-stud approach because we got a lot of mid-tier uh, plays I want to look at. Kind of like in that last slate, a lot of mid-tier guys I was playing. I played Dinwiddie. I was playing Hero. I was playing a lot of those guys in that 65 or 72 range where you could have just kind of mixed and matched and got a bunch of guys with 50-point upside that you didn't need to spend 10K on. And when you have that kind of, you know, that kind of slate build, go for it. You don't need to cram in value. If you have guys that you feel like are in that 65 to 7K range where you can get the 10, or 10X ten or, I'm sorry, 8X out of and get 50 DK points, absolutely. Feel confident about it, but it, it's the can't miss value when you go for stars and scrubs. That's it for me, guys. That's everything. That's the whole slate. Thank you guys for listening. As always, follow me on Twitter. At Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us the thumbs up, five star rate and review wherever you listen: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're available everywhere. Really do appreciate it. Means a lot to us. Trying to get to that 150 mark would make me feel good. It's the only way you get your input. And listen, if you have a constructive criticism thing, and we'll take it. But give us at least four. We like the five. Give us five stars. You want us to change something? We got no problem added the player to your segment doing that before we can do something else just let us know we're interested to hear we'll be back tomorrow it'll be myself it'll be harris we'll be crushing the thursday slate for you thank you for listening take care